11 o'clock hour, Puck and Gas with the Carter Volkswagen Studio. We, uh, we, we thank you for joining us here on this Taco Tuesday. Welcome to the show. Felty's here. Neil Scott's here. We're here. We think we're here. Great debate. Uh, great poll question we threw up today. Thanks for Bill Kruger. Put his neck out on the line yesterday. Uh, Bill Kruger was on with Softy and uh, Dick Fade yesterday and said Wade LeBlanc would be the odd man out of the rotation if the Mariners acquired another starting pitcher. They've been linked to Jay Happ uh, from Toronto. So we threw a poll question up there. Uh, Paxton, not an option. Uh, Mike Leak, Marco Gonzalez, Felix Hernandez, Wade LeBlanc. Great voter turnout. Everyone got to the polls. 51% say Felix Hernandez, 29% say Mike Leak, 14% say Wade, Le- uh, Wade LeBlanc, 6% Marco Gonzalez. Boy, times have changed. What do you think will happen? I mean, you know, we know what you kind of think. LeBlanc. Right, yeah, that's they what we that. kind of think will happen. And do you think that just because of nostalgia purposes, or do you think that the club would say, look, we just think this is going to give us a better chance? Um, I think... I don't think there's, well, I don't think there's much of a debate who's pitching better right now mm. than between those two, if it's LeBlanc and Felix. Now, the great debate that we've had out in the sports pit about who do you trust more, again, if it comes down to a one-game playoff right. between Felix and Wade LeBlanc, but, you know, so far, Wade LeBlanc's got a 2-6-3 ERA's last nine starts. He's got an ERA of two. Mm. Consistently, he has pitched better this season than Felix. Felix has had two good starts. Of the season, and they've happened in the last three starts. Right, so maybe he's rounding into shape. But to your point, on over the course of the season, yeah, I mean he's overall he's got a he's got the worst ERA on the team. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's I I don't think it will ever happen to Felix because I mean look at the look how much debate there was be, who's going to start opening day. Right. Right. Between Felix and, and James Paxson. Now, Paxson clearly has taken the top spot of the rotation to be the leader of the of the rotation. But I think it comes back. You brought it up about, about loyalty. Mm-hmm. That fans want players to be loyal to the organization, but then they'll they'll turn on yeah. the player. No, no, no better, in my opinion, no better pro athlete in this town in the last 10 years than Felix. He's delivered moment yep. after moment. Spectac- and now, in a small sample, but in a thousand people listen to us batter this thing around. Half of them are saying, get rid of him. And in the comments, people are like, DFA him. He's no good anymore. It's like, wow. You know, are there guys, my, my take would be, are there guys within your organization that accomplish enough that you do give them more slack when when the downturn comes rather than others? Rather than say a guy who's just been with you for a while and he's been okay. And it's like, well, now it's a lot easier to make that you know, cut well, that I cord. definitely think that those guys, when you reach a certain stature of in your uh, – in your professional ranks that you get a little bit longer of rope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's Felix gets a longer rope than anybody else on the team just because who he's been and right. what he's meant to the city and what he's meant to the organization. But I, I don't know. That only goes so far. Sure. Right. I mean, if he's hurting your team, then mm-hmm. it's a wise decision to move him out of the rotation. Or, But, again, it's, it's fun to just speculate and talk about this because they're never going to do it. Well, you don't know. You, I mean, look, look. Felix goes out and gets rocked twice on this road trip. You know, they may have, to, they may have no choice. I think this is a terrific baseball conversation because it, it also, when you add in Felix, it adds in the idea of hey, how much of his past oh. 
do you factor into this argument, the idea that, hey, this guy has got the potential not to be what he once was, no. but to be a really good, and, and do we factor that in or do we say, no, look, you've got to factor in what's happening right now. Yeah, I don't, to answer that, about the loyalty, and I don't know, maybe guys, maybe fans are being disloyal, I, I don't know, I, I don't take it, maybe it's more of the comments than the actual voting, mm-hmm. I think people are just looking at his performance this year and just saying, if so, if one of these guys has to leave the rotation, to make room for Jay Happ. I mean, the separate conversation could be, do you even want Jay Happ? Right, right. I mean, he's got yeah. a three four eight ERAs, eight and three on the year. He's thirty five. He's one year in Seattle. He wasn't all that good. Um, he wasn't terrible. He's got a pretty good career at Safe Goal Field. That could be a whole other conversation. And then also, do they even have enough to get Jay Happ? Right, or any other star. You could make this about any. If, if if another starter comes available yeah. between now and the end of July, that's what the debate yeah, they got, is. They really. have Elias. Yeah. They have Elias in their bullpen. They could probably stretch out. I think Miranda's hurt in Tacoma right now. We were just talking about that out in the pit. Um, what other options that they could have? I mean, history would say they'll lose one of these guys, sure, perhaps yeah. to an injury. Hopefully not. I mean, knock on right. wood right. that they don't, but that they could. So it's always wise to have a lot of starting pitching. I wouldn't personally factor in what someone's done in the past and evaluating for right now. So because Felix has stayed here his entire career, has been great here his entire career, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, me personally, factor that in. His In the decision later in the season, who are your four best starting pitchers, like mm-hmm. if you get in the playoffs? Right. That's an that's almost a more yeah. interesting debate. Yeah, I don't know. Let's don't, say the not, Mariners are not one of them right now. Yeah, let's say the Mariners go. Who do they go with with a four man rotation? And so you're, what you're saying is, then you, you obviously you have to factor in the past, but just the recent. In other words, just just the recent what we've seen yeah. this year, okay. as opposed to what we've seen over the course of a uh, career. A fact, yeah, I just want to. I, I would just factor in this year. Mm-hmm. What, who is who right now is playing great this year? And I and I get like the the response that. Hey, he's picked. He's pitched in big games before. He's a bulldog. You know what he's going to get. You know he was great in opening day. He was great this past game against Boston. Can't wait to see what he does in New York because mm-hmm. he usually generally pitches really, right. really, really well there, right. and kind of rises to the occasion. And so when you you ask someone to rise to the occasion, it would be something if they got to this situation in a one game playoff, and they have options. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who's waited his entire career to get to the postseason. Right. They had their options, and he wasn't the selection. Right. I don't think right. you can make that with your heart. You have to make it with your head and your brains. And what? Who's the best guy to actually go out on the mound? Mm. You know that day. And uh, you know, right now, it's just you know his numbers haven't added up. And part of this, and this is not just to this argument. I, I hear it all the time on sports talk radio, and you see it on on social media. I think this is the inevitable result too of so many people playing fantasy sports and all that where it is easy to just you just get rid of a guy when he's not playing well because there really aren't any ramifications to it you're just having fun and i think people carry that over into the oh well felix no i mean there's there's a guy in one of the comments saying well just dfa him well i hang i mean i know you're not saying that but i mean hang hang on i mean you you know do you you really you just want to cut the guy after you know aren't there guys that deserve i mean look and and this organization's had a few things backfire on him in that regard you know i mean your junior staying for the extra year that that ended up, you know, being kind of clunky and causing some issues. The Ichiro thing this year has certainly been different. I don't know if it's been bad or has hurt the team, but it's odd to have a guy around still who's not playing. So I guess to answer the question that you guys, the trap question that you and Brad, trap, well, Brad were texting I, over there uh-huh. and trying to get me on. Hey, Brad, hang on a minute. I got to. Yeah, you know what? Text. I just I knew you guys were up to That's something. Right. Like right now, you can't. I'm not going to answer it in the end of September because I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen the rest sure. of the season. But right now, mm-hmm. who would I want? Mm-hmm. I would take LeBlanc. 
in a one-game playoff right now. So they have to win right tonight tomorrow. at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, for whatever reason, the it's one of these weird baseball things I again, would, like like would, uh, your boy Soto. Throw, I would throw LeBlanc. So the tonight's game, for whatever reason, has been designated. Mariners must win, and you would start LeBlanc over Felix in that game yeah, at I, Yankee Stadium. And I know what you're doing. No, you're, no, you're, you're, you don't know. You're what I'm making doing. me anti-Felix. You're starting. You have a burner account over there. <laughs> he hates Felix. And you're why do, you're, hang on? Why, yeah. I'm just posting this. Why does Jason Puckett hate Felix? You have a burner account over there. You're already doing. A, you're attacking <laughs> me right. with your little bots. That's right. That's right. Yeah. My, my, but trust me, I know about that. Um, you tonight? Felix. If if if, if, if I'd start Felix, I mean, I wouldn't even. Th- and I look. I love Wade. Now I'm becoming anti Wade. Why you do hate I hate Le- Wade? Le- He's been so nice. And his, and his family. His family. That he's and he tried loves God, so hard. So you hate God. The heck with you, Wade LeBlanc. I don't want you on. No, if, if I got to win, if tonight's game, for whatever reason, is a must-win game, I would go with Felix. Felty? You know, you think about the Felix's career and the chances that he's he's had to pitch in big games here, and it's been pretty much almost zero. Right. Give him the chance to pitch right. in a big game that they need to get to the playoffs. And, and the I, real and playoffs. I, I take your point. I would just do it because I think he would give you the best shot at 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 having a good outing by your starter and getting a win. Uh, and uh, just just based on what I've seen over the course of time. All right, uh, coming up next, Joel Corey, CBSSports.com. Uh, you've heard him on this radio station uh, many times. One of the best when it comes down to contracts and, and debating what guys are, are worth. Well, you got some big players for the Seahawks. One, it's the Earl Thomas situation as we are uh, really kind of right around the corner here with training camp. Frank Clark, what's his value on the open market? And then I want to we want to talk to... Uh, Joel, about the future contract of Russell Wilson, one of the best uh, contract numbers guys in the NFL business. Joel Corey, CBS Sports, next. Back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR, entertaining sports talk. Welcome back to the radio show, Puck and Gas, from the Connor Volkswagen Studio, right here at 950 KJR. You can listen to us via the web. You can just download download the iHeartRadio app right now. You can listen to us. You can listen to all the shows here on the radio station and all the shows once they're podcasted. Download the iHeartRadio app now. All right, joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline is Joel Corey from uh, CBS Sports, a former agent, now turned kind of expert on contracts in the world of the NFL. Joel, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are doing uh, we're doing terrific. we got training camp that is kind of right around the corner, and obviously, as you know, uh, following this story from a 1,000 miles away, the, the big story once training camp opens up here uh, in July will be the contract situation of Earl Thomas. Uh, how, how do you read this situation right now with Earl Thomas? He's still under contract for one more year. He obviously wants to be the highest paid safety in the game, free safety in the game. Um, what what are kind of his options right now uh, in terms of trying to seek a new deal with Seattle, in your opinion? Well, he's already decided that he would skip uh, minicamp, making good on his promise before the season playoffs ended that he would hold out about a new contract. To me, that means he's not showing up, like he said, until he gets a new deal. That's a dicey proposition with the Seahawks. I understand that when Cam Chancellor held out in 2015, he had multiple years left on his contract, not entering a contract year like Earl Thomas. But one of the things you look at when you're advising a player to hold out or not is likelihood of success and how a team handles a holdout. They did not react very kindly to having a gun stuck to their head. 
Paul Allen, the owner, backed Pete Carroll, John Snyder, and not doing anything for Cam Chancellor, so Earl Thomas will hold out at his own peril. Joel, in your experience uh, as, as an agent, I know obviously every situation is different, but is there a typical scenario in these things in terms of communication? In other words, are the Hawks and Earl's agent talking every 10 days just to check in? Is there no communication? How How is it normally when a, when a high-value guy, Earl Thomas, no one would argue is a very important part of the Seahawks team, and if I'm the Hawks, I'm trying to check in, but but what what is the normal route for communications in a scenario like this? Well, if he holds out a training camp, they'll check in. There'll probably be a conversation before about whether they're going to do something mm-hmm. where Seahawks will get more firmly entrenched in their position that we're not going to do anything if that's where they are. Earl's camp will be insistent on the contract. And then there could be a week, 10 days, two weeks without any conversation where it's training camp starts. That was my experience with Keenan McCardell's holdout of Tampa in 2004 and Jimmy Smith's holdout with the Jaguars in 2002 because the team will worry about the players that are and what they can control, treat the holdout like he's an injury, and then there'll be some checking in every now and then. The best thing for the team to do is not engage publicly uh, with right. the holdout player because it's going to give him an avenue or some sort of vehicle to voice his concerns. So they'll treat it more like he's an, an injured player than anything else. Uh, Joel, would you, your advice, it sounds like, uh, your advice would be if you were representing Thomas is to show up. Don't hold out. Well, it depends on what your objective is. If you, your objective is to get a new contract and you don't care where you play, or is it to get a new contract with Seattle? Um, I just look at the fact there are certain teams that you know how they handle holdouts, and I put the Giants in there as well because they didn't do anything for OCM and Euro maybe five, six years ago. Also, Michael Strahan in 2007. you got to know your audience. you got to know how a team is going to react to that and have to know what your leverage is in the situation. This is a team which has basically a retooled defense. It's in transition. It would be one thing if they were a bona fide Super Bowl contender or going all in like last year then I'd say I had more leverage to get a new deal. But this is a team which isn't quite where they were before. The Rams won the division. The Niners consider the up-and-coming team. So I don't think he has the leverage he may think he had to get a new deal from Seattle. If the goal is to get traded, then you're going to hold out and you're going to start making disparaging remarks about everybody under the sun and take the scorched-earth <laughs> approach. <laughs> <laughs> given given what you just said there about it, it, it is a definitely a new-looking defense. A lot of big stars from the past have now either moved on or retired. Does that make you – I mean, it, I, I kind of go back and forth on this. On the one hand, if I'm the Hawks, I'd like to have Earl here to say, look, we got to have somebody to help, you know, to help anchor the old thing to the new. On the other hand, look, if you're not willing to, to do a new deal for him, why not make him a part of – your big change. I mean, are you surprised he's still a hawk to this day that it's gotten this far without them at some point biting the bullet and saying, let's get what we can get for him and let's make this a part of our moving on? Yes, when they started dismantling the defense, I thought he was going to be the next guy out the door, particularly with his antics in Dallas. I've never heard of a player under contract <laughs> lobbying for another team to trade for him or yeah. sign him in free agency. That was the, one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard of. Um, maybe the asking price was way too high, kind of like it was for Richard Sherman last year, and there should be a lesson learned from there because Sherman ended up getting cut. 
worst case scenario, you'd probably get a third round compensatory pick in 2020 for Earl Thomas. But if you're looking for the reported first and third round pick, that ain't happening. You probably won't get the equivalent of a first at this point. Because one of the things is any team that would acquire Earl Thomas is going to have to do a new contract to give up anything significant. So maybe the compensation is set as a baseline of maybe a two, and it elevates depending upon whether he's on the roster as of a certain date in 2019, which would mean a contract extension. So so the, the best value right now, Joel, in your opinion, if they were to move him, the, the value would be just because obviously the new team's going to give him a new contract. I mean, that's part of this whole thing. It would be a second-round pick. Second is something, uh, which may ultimately be the equivalent of a one, but you're not. I don't think you're getting a straight one. Okay. Hmm. What do you think? How, how, what, what the best resolution for this from the Seattle perspective? Obviously, is getting him in. That doesn't even seem possible. I mean, forget likely. It just doesn't seem like they can do it. If, if something's going to happen in terms of a trade, is it, is it likely to happen? Because I think once camp starts, like the, the everything would change at that point. I mean, at that point, I don't know how much leverage the team would have to get anything. Everybody knows they're trying to get rid of him. Why not just wait him out? I mean, the, the Hawks are kind of in a box in this one, aren't they? I think both sides are in a box because I get the impression he wants money and doesn't really care where it is. And Seattle, they're kind of lukewarm because this will be – his second big contract. So do you really want to pay him top of the market safety money, $13, $14 million per year in years where he's eventually going to decline? But we saw last year that there were more trades than we thought would happen or happen in the past right around roster cut down. So maybe the real deadline or the next big deadline isn't just training camp. It's right around September 1st, Labor Day. Joel Corey's our guest on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline from CBS Sports. Uh, Joel uh, handling all kind of uh, contract uh, details at CBSSports.com. He's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. I would uh, do so if you haven't uh, done it already. Uh, Joel, any chance in your opinion, uh, how likely would it be he plays out this contract with Seattle? Well, he may have to bite the bullet and come back because <laughs> he, he can be fined $40,000 per day for each day of missed training camp. Training camp roughly runs 35 to 40 days, so that's going to be a million five in fines they could choose to enforce. Plus, they could take back 25% of this, the prorated portion of the signing bonus from missing all the training camp. That's almost $500,000. So holding out gets to be an expensive proposition, and they wouldn't force some portion of that, either taking back the signing bonus or part of the fines, not totally forgive them for a deterrent aspect in the future. So most holdouts aren't successful. Um, so we saw last year Aaron Donald didn't get anything from his holdout financially. Donald Penn got a new contract, but only after he ended his holdout and came back into camp. Dwayne Brown didn't get any money from Houston, but did get traded. So the likelihood of success in getting a new contract with a holdout isn't all that great historically. Joel, uh, moving on to something, I mean, it, it's going to affect the Seahawks down the road, but interesting piece on on Aaron Rodgers on on CBS that you wrote that you know here's a guy who you know again it, it's still a year off you know, he's contracted through 2019 but he'd like a new deal who wouldn't right uh and and you you, you kind of went over the reasons why that is unlikely to happen and how much will whatever happens to Aaron Rodgers impact what's going to happen to the next or one of the next big quarterbacks who's going to come up and that of course is Russell Wilson 
Well, Aaron Rodgers just wants a conventional deal. It'll get done the $32 million per year range because they've always done his deals with two years left. But if the reports are true that he wants a clause where he can opt out of his contract at his sole discretion, he's probably playing under his existing contract for another year because NFL contracts don't have that type of clause like NBA contracts. And they could control his rights through the two years of his contract, 18 and 19, and franchise him two more years. So why would they give him an opt-out? Mm-hmm. Now, if he does get a deal, that's probably going to be very relevant to Russell Wilson. Last time when Russell signed his contract, he didn't have any real NFL money, a lot of money by real life standards, but they made him the second highest paid player. Now he basically, they're reliant on his arm, and Russell, if they're going to be successful, he'll have money in the bank significantly, He'll probably want to be the highest paid player, and he'll be looking at the whole, if you franchise me twice, then would you franchise me a third time, and could I be free? And franchise tag has gone up because of the restructure last year. You increased the 2019 cap number by lowering the 2017 one. So it's going to be the first franchise tag at a minimum, 120% of the 2019 cap number is going to be like $30.35 million. You do it again in 2021, you're talking almost 36.5. So the agent is going to look at averaging those two, and he's going to look at a uh, long. If you're going to have an average out of a contract, it's going to be over 33 million, and then you couldn't franchise him again for over 50 million. So he could go the Kirk Cousins route if you're not willing to give him what he wants. He's going to have all the leverage in the situation. How, how much is too much uh, in terms of a contract for one particular player that eats up your entire salary? I mean, you know, a third of your salary cap. Well, you're kind of asking the wrong person since I'm a former agent. Well, but if you want to look at it from the standpoint of well, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you really can't have – I don't think you've had a team win a Super Bowl for a quarterback taking more than 15% of the salary yeah, cap that's what's in a given co- year. So Yeah, that's kind of my point. I get where you're coming from, but from a team's perspective, when they look at, like, Russell Wilson, he's going to – you know, eventually he's going to make over $30 million if they want to go down that road with him. Uh, and you just said it right there. For people who don't know that that figure – uh, give that number one more time because paying one particular player this amount of money of your salary cap, uh, a team has never gone on to win a Super Bowl under those uh, under those kind of guidelines. Well, it should have been one. It should have been Atlanta, but they yeah. blew it. But typically, you're winning a Super Bowl where your quarterback cap number is anywhere between eight and twelve percent, even lower. Because look at last year, the Eagles had more dead money devoted to two quarterbacks, Daniel, and also. Um, Sam Bradford, and they had actual cap numbers for Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. So anytime you like the Seahawks used to be when they won the first Super Bowl, um, quarterback, rookie contract, very cheap. You can build up the talent around him. That's the best-case scenario. It's hard to build a sustained Super Bowl winner when you've got a huge quarterback cap number. But you also can't win without quality quarterback play yeah. unless you have a lights out defense. Yeah, that's no, no. Yeah, well, that's a great point. You're exactly right. With, just, with, with a killer safety dang. back there. Yeah, no kidding. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, Joel, great stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll check back with you hopefully uh, later in the season. Have a great summer. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. There he is. Uh, Joel Corey, CBS Sports, uh, does one of the best in terms of handling kind of contract discussions uh, in the NFL. All right, I'll. Uh, was he swatting mosquitoes or was it the poppets like the fireworks? You know the poppets? Some kind of weird thing, was it, yeah, you know, yeah. very, You know poppets, right? I would take oh, those yeah. to school and throw them at sure, girls. yeah. So was it poppets that you get at the fireworks stand that you throw at people's feet or was he swatting mosquitoes? What was it?
Could be mosquitoes. You could only have one. What I can imagine him kind of sitting in the chair, yeah. leaning back, like with a pen that's just, uh, just instinctively. All I was doing was you're tapping, you're tapping the pen on the desk over mm. and over and over. I again. had it at twenty six. I, I was marking them down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the over. <laughs> it's fun talking to a guy who's been an agent though, and get you know because yeah. more than just a writer saying not to not to you know. Uh, disparage True. them, but a guy who's yeah. actually been in on some of these, and he things. was like, he's exactly right with Wilson. Like, uh, I want as much money as possible for my right. client, right. but it's you know, it's something that's been brought up a, a lot. I know, I know the guys in the afternoon have talked about this before. So, and Softy's had Corey on a bunch. You know, history says that you don't win mm-hmm. when you tie up this much money in one particular player, right? And I don't know. I just will be at. I'm more curious about this in a year than I am right now about Earl Thomas. Well, if you time it right, the same bus you're throwing Felix onto to get yeah. him out of town, you'll be able to put Russell on there, and you and your followers you could s- be all you- happy about how we're getting rid of everybody. Have you signed up the, the burner account yet? <laughs> no, but I did see. Did you see this? This is kind of. Did you see the latest out of Pullman? Uh no, are they saying it was a burner account? Save because I want to no. bring this up later. No, I just just quick, it's just what? a quick. No, he uh, Leach is saying he wants uh, he wants Ann Coulter to come speak at homecoming. Mm. Okay. You didn't buy that for a second, did you? No. You didn't no. buy it for. I thought you might buy it. I thought I might get a really out of you. I didn't get anything you guys out have of you. Take You're not even shot. gonna. Uh, lip, what do you mean? The, we've always got to take, take a shot. shot. You're the original Everyone's shot taker. Take the shots. Yeah. You're you're the original shot yeah. taker over there. If you we're don't just, agree we're with my politics. Up. We'll take shots at you. No, it has nothing to do with that. He's posting a you fake guys. video or a yeah. doctor's we'll get video. I never. I'm never defending that he's an idiot. Yeah. He's a moron. I think it would be oh, funny. Well, okay. I thought I'd get at least no. a, a look out of you. He's like, an idiot. Really? I don't think. I think right now where a leech is, he he probably should just go away for a while. Well, you know I, what? I would he, get off Twitter for a while, and I probably wouldn't. Well, like I've always said, it's, it's Twitter. You got to stay off Twitter late at night, and mm-hmm. you have to stay off Twitter when you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you do that, uh, things are fine. Yeah. But when you're on there late, which I think he was on there late, wouldn't doubt it if he had a couple cocktails. Nothing good comes from that. No, it's and like, he's learned no. that valuable lesson. Because uh, I think tomorrow he's probably going to do. We didn't land on the moon, and I've got evidence that we didn't land on <laughs> well, the moon. Uh, and I'm also hearing through sources that later this week he's going to say that um, uh, in, he has evidence that uh, it w- it was a conspiracy mm-hmm. to murder JFK. There you go. Good. He's That'd already be... posted about the Loch Ness monster. The Loch Ness monster well, is still around. Yeah. Here's what I wonder out of this for for our sports purposes, and I think people have seen the story and followed it. Um, if he did, if he, people didn't see it, he posted a fake video of Obama and he tried to make this point about it. And, when people kept yeah. pointing out to him, look, yeah, this yeah. is fake, he kept saying, prove it, prove it. I mean, it was like four hours of an argument. Yeah, he's, he's a moron. Well, I, I, wonder, I think he's trying to get fired. Well, maybe so, but where's he going to get hired next? Uh, I don't think a school in a, in a Power Five bro. conference would go near him right now after this. Who is it, Dan Wolken? Uh, well, I mean, I think this is the reason why he hasn't been hired by a big name school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I mean Dan Wolk. I mean, even when he had great success at Tech, I mean, there was nobody knocking on his door. I mean, Tennessee knocked on his door, but that AD was crazy, and he yeah. ended up getting fired. But in the wake of this now, where he's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, when yeah. you're talking about making him the highest paid employee of a given yeah. state and. And and not not because of how his politics leans, but because look, if 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 you really think that you know you you want to defend something that was pretty obviously sure. not defensible, I I just I think he's probably better hope that he gets to stay in Pullman because I'm not <laughs> sure anybody else is going to want to give him a job. Well, I don't think I don't think any big name school uh, with a bunch of influential boosters would ever hire. Him. Right, there's and no may, way. Maybe he wants to step down. There's You're no right, way. right. Maybe he wants to get. Well, out I don't. I, that's the only logic I can come to the conclusion of what he did. Mm-hmm. Is that he wants to get fired? I mean, the guy wanted to leave, obviously, because he wanted to take the Tennessee job. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he's obviously not happy there. You got a, you know, assistant coaches running out of there left and right. Yeah. It's, uh, now I don't know if that's just because of him or they've got better opportunities elsewhere. I mean, it's a com- probably a combination of both. Yeah. But you never can stop assistant coaches from taking gigs at better places. Like one of their linebackers coach. I mean, come on. Right. He, the guy got an assisted, he got a linebacker's job at UCLA under Chip Kelly. Right. Where do you want to rather, where would you rather live? Right. It, it's part and UCLA parcel. UCLA or Pullman. Yeah. It's part and parcel to being the coach over there. And it's why, with the exception of some, some dumb stuff like this where he's gotten himself, he's a great guy for that. He's doing a different offense. He, he seems to be a guy who can, you know, succeed over there and make it work because you are going to turn over coaches more often and you are going to have to oh, deal yeah. with more hardships. I think sure. it's the toughest Division One job yeah. in the country. I really he's do. Just, you got to, you have to, you, you got to accept all of them. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just nuts. And you know, this is probably the one thing he has stepped in at the most on this one. I, I don't think there's any question. There's, there's this no is, doubt about that. This is beyond some of the other stuff he's done because he just was so defensive for so long before he finally admitted, yeah, yeah I guess maybe this video wasn't what I and thought then he, it was. And then he, well, then he released the full one, and then he, and then he deleted the original one. So yeah. he clearly, someone got to him at the university. I would venture to say that time is running out in the relationship with him, uh, the new President Schultz, and the new AD Chun, because they weren't around when they hired him. Mm-hmm, right. You know, God rest uh, Elson Floyd, who passed away several years ago, the best president school's ever had. He hired him. Mm-hmm. And Bill Moose is now in Nebraska. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're the president and AD that didn't hire the football coach who's making the most money uh, in the university, what, second highest paid guy in the state, mm-hmm. they didn't hire him. But the problem is, is that his contract. It's like Ernie Kent. They can't get rid of Ernie Kent because they owe him all this money. Right. And, so they got to get him to have some moral code violation and then in his contract and then get him out. And, and I saw where uh, the Pac-12 network had more layoffs today, and that's tied directly to what happened at Washington State and other schools as well. A lot of money was spent in athletics because they thought a lot more money was going to be coming in. Uh, the 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 imminent, and I believe it is imminent, I don't know if it's happening tomorrow or a year from now, the imminent failure of the Pac-12 network in its current iteration uh, is going to have interesting ramifications throughout this conference because there was so much money promised out of that that they're not coming close to delivering. The best part about the Leach rant uh, the the other day was uh, it was like two years or three, no, longer than that. Like four years ago, he, he wouldn't allow his players on Twitter. Right, yeah. Because he said it's too big of a distraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, All it, right. Uh, yeah, it, it, he's an odd duck, man. I don't know what to say. Uh Sounders Weekly is coming up next. We've got uh, Jackson Feltz going to preview uh, the show tonight. Uh, in addition, I've got a soccer question for him in regards to the U.S. and, and Mexico rivalry. And we've got um, the details on the uh, kick and cancer event over at Century Link Field. Radio. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk. Lunch with listeners uh, coming up at noon. Let me get back into the uh, Wade LeBlanc story. Uh, thanks to uh, Bill Kruger. We'll update our daily poll question coming up at noon. Uh, then we'll also give away 50 bucks to John Howie's steak in our noon hour. Thank you very much to Neil Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, Bros oh boy, Pro that is a, the spot. On a Taco Tuesday, he, come, this, he comes into the studio. He's got a, a just a, a massive Kentucky Fried Chicken bag. And I'm like, he's like, hey, it's Taco Tuesday. I brought tacos. I'm like, Neil, it's in a Kentucky Fried Chicken bag. He's like, well, but it's you right went up, up to here. the one on Queen Anne. Right up the road here, yeah. The, they, they use, yeah they're, they're combined. Only in America. Combo, yeah. Only in yeah. America do we combine a Kentucky Fried Chicken and Taco Bell under one roof. 
Thank you so much. He he buys a bag full of tacos for us on a Taco Tuesday. Yeah, and and God, they were great. Fired back good, a couple, good. and that was just hit the spot, Neil. Nice. It, it's You're a good it, man. And I don't care if you if you just drop a little an ounce of water on the meat and it expands there. Mm-hmm. It's still good. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. It still. I works told you that the other day. There's no such thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to get back into that. Maybe there are some bad tacos. Hey, Brad Adam just posted a photo of Ichiro throwing early BP at oh, Yankee throw, Stadium. Is he throwing? He's throwing BP he's now. Throwing, he's throwing heat. Oh, good he's for him. Glad Brad got to the stadium okay because I was a little worried about it. There were some concerns. All right, Sounders weekly preview. I don't want to rush you here, but I do want to ask you something specific about uh, the Landon Donovan comments, but then also our kicking cancer. What's coming up on the show tonight on Sounders Weekly? Really quickly, Pete Fewing, Seattle University head coach. We're going to talk about the World Cup, talk about the Sounders. Moving on to face Chicago this Saturday at CenturyLink Field, 7 p.m. pregame at 6.30 here on KJR. Uh, Bruce Arena, former hey. U.S. Men's National Team head coach, former LA Galaxy head coach, he and I sat down for an awesome discussion last Friday where we talked about where the American soccer is at right now, how to increase the quality, how to increase the popularity of the game. For about 15, 20 minutes, we just kind nice. of talk about American soccer in general and the World Cup. Great conversation, and then I'm uh, going to have a player interview as well. Not where was sure he, who that it is was on the phone, or was he here? On the phone, but uh, it was really, really nice. outstanding soccer conversation. Is so he not must the listen. coach next year? Is he not the coach now? No, he he is no longer the U.S. Men's National Team Who's head coach. Who's the new coach now? It's Well, right now they haven't named an official new head coach. It's just a filling guy until oh, until yeah. the new new uh, I thought GM they brought him when one. they fired Klinsman they brought him back they did yeah they, and yeah. Bruce Arena was the coach through 2016 2017 oh. but then there was the disaster in the fifth round of qualifying and where they he lost fired again they yeah. lost to Trinidad Tobago and they got kicked out of the World Cup or kicked out of qualification Poor Bruce. for the World Cup so. in, in fairness it wasn't just Trinidad or Tobago we lo- they had to team yeah. up to beat us <laughs> nevertheless it was somewhat Who's of a the new coach going to be who are the names well I- anybody that I would know <laughs> no, that's fine. Just say no. I, I would ho- uh, hire Peter Vermees if it was just me. I think the job he's done is outstanding. Um, well, what's his qualifications? Uh, he's been an outstanding coach with uh, Sporting KC for a long time. Sporting! He runs, he runs a fantastic defensive okay. set, and I think if you have enough offensive performers, then the strategy will work around it. Okay, you guys are my uh, soccer experts here. I lean on you for my soccer knowledge. Here I am. What's the deal with the Landon Donovan controversy? He wanted so basically, as I understand this, mm-hmm. he did a thing for Wells Fargo. Right, he's getting paid for by Wells Fargo to run this campaign. That's right, mm-hmm. and so he wants to. He was encouraging America, the United States, to cheer for Mexico. Right, because we're not in the World Cup. We need to pick a team, find a team. Right, he said he was saying, "Come with me." We'll cheer on Mexico. Mm-hmm. Now I know enough that this is a massive rivalry between the U.S. and Mexico. I right. get it over the years. And it's been like a bad rivalry, correct? It's In intense. Terms, it's intense, it's but intense. it's like it crosses the line a little bit. It's not like a healthy, friendly rivalry. No, no. Okay. No, and, uh, they're, and they're much better okay, than yes. the U.S. Is So what is he being slammed for? That he said, I'm going to root for Mexico? He's saying that U.S. fans should, should. Root, root for Mexico. Okay. I, and and is, he be, is he wrong? I don't necessarily think he's wrong. I root for whoever you want. We don't have a team in there. So I don't think we get all, all. Now, I do think I was a little surprised that he got himself into this. I think if Wells Fargo had come to him and said, hey, we want you to do this, it would have been smart of him to say, look, I don't need to step in the middle. I get what you're doing. Wells Fargo's a sponsor of the Mexican team. They're okay. doing, so you, Wells Fargo could run the ads with somebody with the, I think for Donovan to get into it, 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 it didn't, it wasn't the greatest judgment of his career because he would know the reaction of a lot of people. 
I don't particularly care who anybody wants to root but, for, but I get why people would be mad at Donovan, one of the biggest American stars in history, now saying, hey, come on, root for Mexico now because of my sponsor, Wells Fargo. What's the um, what's the rivalry more like? I'm going to bring it to football. Okay. Is it is it more like Wazoo UW or UW Oregon? Oh, you're not going to like what I'll say. But I'd say it's Wazoo UW because the U.S. hasn't done a whole lot on the international stage, whereas Mexico yeah, has. Fair. Well, see, yeah. the way that I've, I've, well, no, no. How about how the fans and, and, and players view it? See, from how I've read this story, I would view it more of UW Oregon where they just hate each other. I would say, I mean, listen, Oregon, other than the 12 years, did nothing against Washington. It was I, that one stretch of games. That I would say it. it's a little more like WSU Dub in the sense of right. Mexico knows they're better than us. Yeah. And there's just kind of the, the, the little brother. I have a, I have a friend who's, who's, who roots the Mexican team. He's from Mexico. He lives in, down in LA and he kind of just looks at US like, right. oh yeah, you guys are not. Cause really I read some of these comments. Was it, is it Tw- Tillman? Twelman? What's the guy? Taylor, Taylor Twelman. Yeah. yeah. He was like, you, I would. I'd rather cut off my foot yeah, listen. than root for, like, Mexico. Okay, I'll give my take here. It, it's crap. Listen, you're telling United States fans to, to root for your rival in CONCACAF? The hell are you doing? It's fine if you want to root for Mexico, Landon, and it's bad the fact that you are one of the greatest American players ever and you're going to root for them? Okay, fine. It's a bad take, but do it. But then to tell U.S. fans, and not only that, to get paid to tell U.S. fans that they well, should the root for a rival? Well, that part I, I, get. I get. I get getting paid, yeah. I, I, <laughs> But now, now times wonder, are tough for the Donovan household. I wonder if this factored into it, Jackson. The, uh, as far as U.S. soccer goes, they not only didn't treat Landon Donovan well, they treated him like crap at the end of his run. I mean, the way he was cut, uh, Klinsman's son attacking him on Twitter, yeah. I mean, that was that was absolute crap. And who knows, maybe this affects him. He's like, hey, what the hell, what do I care? you going to give me some money? A lot I'll of that's Klinsman, though. I mean, and Klinsman just, he... He wasn't ingrained in the American soccer culture. He was brought on to be a head coach to to bring the team back to where they needed to be. And he's, yeah, so, yeah. but, well, but get, you know he'd been in Southern California for eighteen years. I don't buy that he wasn't ingrained in American culture. He'd lived in in L.A. for twenty years. He knew what the culture was, and he knew what was going to happen the way he did what he did to, to Don. So I'm, am I a bad fan? Because one, I love Mexico. I, I we vacation there <laughs> frequently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when they come on. Uh, I'm rooting for them. Is that bad? How no. hard do you root for the U.S. Well, national no, team? How hard do I root for any of these teams? But right. when they're there on, go. when they're on, I want them it's to fine. win. It's fine. Look, it would be uh, a whole different curious. story if the U.S. and Mexico were getting ready to meet in a group game that was going to yeah, determine who's exactly. going to go to the knockout round. There are neighbors to the south. There are neighbors, and and look, the U.S. stepped in the middle of this. If you want to be yeah. mad at Mexico or mad at Landon Donovan about this, the U.S. had every opportunity yeah. to be in this tournament, and they and they blew it. They they just uh, with a bunch of they've got to get they got well this is all another story, but they've got a lot to get. In order in that house. All right, Jackson, tell us uh, about the Kick and Cancer event at Century Link Field. Yeah, so this is an event next Thursday. Uh, right now, we're going to have soccer matches played between us, the KJR personalities and staff and hosts, against you, the listeners, next Thursday. If you want to be a part of it, sportsradiokjr.com slash cancer. Uh, you can just go to sportsradiokjr.com. I think there is a link right there on the front mm-hmm. of the page. Uh, it's uh, $400 gets you a the chance to play on Century Link Field against us and embarrass the hell out of us. It's gonna be hilarious. No way. Uh, We're then kill people. you get to then you get to go to a Sounders match in a suite. You get a scarf, you get a t-shirt, you get a whole bunch of fun times with us here next Thursday. So you can so, reserve your roster spot now. Only twelve are available, so get it now. So twelve spots are available, and then you and then there's 
of the 12 spots, there'll be two six-man teams? Yes, exactly. There'll against us. Yeah. And who's confirmed from the station that's playing? So right now it's it's me, you, yeah. uh, Niner Nate, yeah. Slickhawk, Curtis Crowtree, Softy, and I'm trying to figure Son in more people right now. Yeah. So we're screwed. Actually, you know yes. what? I'm telling you, I'm going to... We're going to bring it. Who's our keeper? <laughs> yeah, who's going to be in goal? I wanted it to be Bucky because he actually has played keeper before, but he has a, 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 a baseball thing. So. Furness says he has a prior obligation oh, that he doesn't want Of course he does. Everyone's got a prior obligation. Exactly. Are you going to play? Uh, no. Come on. i got a prior obligation. Well, what if we have 11 people and we need a 12th and you're the Fine. only person who can do it? Call Wade LeBlanc. Oh, I'm a chubby Pele, man. I'm going to run circles around <laughs> these folks. And I'm going to tell you right now, like the Suarez guy, you people who sign up for this at sportsradiocager.com forward slash cancer, I bite. And I will hey, bite. A to, and I'll bite to win. I'll and he's, tr- he's going to wear a Mexican national You're team damn jersey. damn right I am. With one of the wrestling masks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Really go full, go whole hog, man. Yeah, I'm coming after you. We're going to bite. If you want to take down a couple of, of just losers, unathletic KJR personalities, sign up right now. Sportsradiokjr.com forward slash cancer. And join us Thursday, June 28th, 3 o'clock to 4.30. You're going to play soccer against us at CenturyLink Field. Uh, kick and cancer at Century Lake, raising money for the strong against cancer and the KJR Cares-a-thon. Uh, great, uh, two great organizations, strong against cancer, national team of doctors, nurses, researchers, hospitals, companies, and donors raising money uh, to beat cancer, which is a, a horrible disease, especially, especially when it attacks uh, kids. Lunch with listeners is coming up next. Neil Scott's got headlines for you in five.